0: got a real attitude problem McFly you're a slacker you wouldn't match by a chance would you embrace the probability of your imminent death and know in your heart that there's nothing I can do to save you Rick where'd you get a hand grenade I don't know good morning
1: starshine the earth says hello
0: Lucky to have him with us. He's Representative Walter Hudson. I, I do like following him on social media. I think he takes a lot of slings and arrows for a lot of stuff that uh, the rest of us probably believe but don't want to step up and do, and I've got him. He's Representative Walter Hudson. Uh, sir, thanks for being here, my friend. Happy to do so. Appreciate the
1: invite once again.
0: Uh, speaking of social media, just quickly, um, literally, I was watching you on X, and I don't. I want to get you a quickly. Could that be a worse marketing move? I get Elon buys Twitter, and it's got the whole negatrometer thing going on about we, we censor this and that. And people, I get it. You got to rebrand. Can you think of a worse name than X? Did I did I see you on X? Did I X you? You know, you Twitter people. Did I X? It's just terribly weird. Am I wrong? Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I can live with it.
1: The the X family of companies is Elon's brand, right? And in yeah. Elon has this kind of inherent Ayn Randian quality about him. If you read Atlas Shrugged, yeah. uh, Hank Reardon names all of his companies after himself. You know, Reardon Metal, Reardon Coal, yeah. Reardon Ore. And that's kind of what this is, is he had to put his personal stamp on the platform. That's his right. I don't think it's a great marketing move myself but yeah. i'm it, i didn't spend all that money in order to buy it so
0: you could have wrote, to call it anything you wanted if you just had 44 billion dollars out bit that's so right you yes. that, that's exactly just right. that close to getting it. all right um this is a long-winded question because i just want to know where i'm coming from marijuana being legalized in minnesota not a top prior for me on this radio show i said i don't really care i am 60 years old um it's not going to change my life in the least as long as the roads are safe. I don't personally think it's good for Minnesota, but okay. It gets voted in. The Dems in charge, they voted in. Then I get to watch this clown show of how they implement this thing. Going to start it, you know, before we actually have anybody running it, before we have the agency in place to run the thing, we get her kick-started. The gal that gets hired to run the thing makes it all 12 hours, and she's gone. Somebody's running. We have no idea who. Then they go and take a quick look. Oh, Yeah. Forty percent of the people that are selling marijuana, as we speak today, oh, they're selling illegal marijuana. It, it's like if you wanted to win me over, show me you can do this well. I don't think that's asking too much. And here's the story today. I don't want your day. The Office of Cannabis Management recommended. Now, evidently, whoever is running this thing temporarily had to come up with a report. Sorry, that barter your job. But here's what they're asking, sir. They would like some changes including a temporary license system so we can get them out quick out at the door because right now it's just a real pain to get these things filled out. And they were particularly like that for social equity applicants. Those that were harmed directly and or indirectly by the old crappy laws we had about marijuana. Want to put them to the front of the line. One other thing, if we could, the state legislature, this pesky thing about them getting licenses and having have a place of business is really going too far they want people to be able to apply and not even have a place of business are we going to just be selling this is this cheech and chong we're going to sell of the back of vans as we're driving past the quick trip i really didn't care i swear to god i didn't six months ago now i think we're a clown club and we're trying desperately to get the wrong people running this thing your thoughts representative sorry it's a very long one i just want you to know where i'm coming this is nuts It is,
1: it is, and I think it's important to understand why. Okay, so on the issue of marijuana, a lot of people have varying views on whether it's good or bad, whether legalization is right or wrong. You know, I personally, on an individual basis, tend to be a little bit more libertarian on this sort of thing. Um, I represent a district that is vehemently opposed to it, and this is Mm -hmm. one of the this is one of those issues where. Um, I, I yield to the wisdom of my constituents and ha- I have to represent them on that. I don't think that whether or not you can smoke a joint is an issue of of such moral weight that I ought to interpose my view um on that and my constituents. Um, but the point that I'm circling around here is that there's basically there's a civil libertarian argument for why people ought to be able to get high, right? Sure. Um and it's important to recognize that that is not the argument that won the day in this debate. They they did not legalize marijuana because they respect your civil liberties in the <laughs> DFL. All right? That's that's yes. not why they did it. True. The reason why they did it is for this DEI, you know, social emotional learning, <laughs> you know, woke social welfare, social equity nonsense. It's it's a political move. It's all about politics and it's all about social engineering. Imagine if you will, in the prohibition era when it was illegal yep. to produce, distribute, and sell alcohol. Imagine if instead of just repealing that amendment and getting back to the way things were before, they decided, well, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through and we're going to audit and we're going to arbitrarily determine who we think were the people who were most in, impacted by the horrors of prohibition. And then we're going to
0: let those people sell booze, but the rest of you can't. Right. See, the exact, this is my point. It's, it's, it, I use this. So we have 60 people so far in for this $250 million stolen for feed our children, right? 60 of them. When we come up with the next deal about how to help our children, you know, whatever it would be, I don't care what it is. Do they get to go to the front of the line because they're empathetic and they got to, you know, why would we take anybody who broke the law before, whether the law was right or wrong? I, okay. And somehow you're now a, a better person because you, I, I don't get how you go to the front of this line. And DEI, are they presuming then that, of course, means you're of color or yeah. some, that's it, right? That's You have to go to the front line because of your skin color because marijuana laws to you were less illegal than they were for the white guy who did it.
1: You know what this is? And I believe, although I can't immediately recall off the top of my head, that this has actually been said publicly by the people who've advocated for it. This is reparations. Th- this is a form of reparations. That's how they view this. Um, You know, you talk about treating people who have been prosecuted for crimes under the previous uh, legal status quo Mm -hmm. um, and then treating them like like Civil War heroes or something. Right. Like they like we need to lift them up and give them, uh, you know, treat them like combat veterans because (laughs) they got caught selling drugs on the corner. Um, That's that's where we're at.
0: Can you give me any thought? on why in the world the idea you don't have to have an address for your business to get the license what, what what in the world this is a business you any name another business we have in the state that you're allowed not to have a li, not to have an address to run your business i mean we're talking out of your car
1: property is white privilege what See, don't you understand
0: no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You sound like my children. My three boys all going through the university system all come out at me, and every time I say it's your right privilege, they just know it just, you're going to pop my head off. I I, <laughs> I can't think of one legitimate other than, like you're saying, okay, well, this is somehow homeless people get a better ride. I, I cannot see how a, a state survives by finding out you can sell marijuana without a place of business. I, why would you give you a license? Well, next we're obviously going to off- offer these people. I presume there's a cost to getting these licenses. It cost me 150 bucks to get my driver's license. Cause I wanted the fancy one that they've got. I presume we'll wipe that off if you're the right person. Cause that would hold them back. You don't have a business place. You probably don't have 150 bucks to get a license, right? I mean, we seem to be holding people back that way. Where does it?
1: Yeah. Mean? I mean, it's, it, it. I don't know that it does, and that's just it, is that they're so concerned about trying to quote-unquote equalize outcomes and using this for social equity purposes and economic equity purposes as opposed to The civil libertarian argument, which is, I think I ought to be able to do this as an individual like that. Again, that is not the argument that prevailed in this process. They are not interested in enabling you to do what you have a right to do as an individual. What they're interested in is providing pathways for people who, in their uh, view and estimation, have been underprivileged with unique opportunities to rise up. And apparently selling weed is their preferred ideal
0: way to go about doing that. So if you're going to put folks who broke the law before at the head of the line to have these shops, should any of us be shocked when those shops sell other illegal things? You know what I'm saying? You're The gal that was turned down because, she, oh, evidently, she owed some taxes and she had some marijuana that she sold that was illegal, so they kicked her back. Oh, she can't run the place? we got to hire her back. She's a star performer in what they're setting up as the perfect boss in this situation. If folks have broke the law before, you would bet they'd be in line to do it again am i wrong i mean i'm nothing yeah color, there's, right? there's
1: certainly there's certainly an incongruity there i mean if the standard that you're lifting up is that anyone who broke the law under the previous um, status quo is a heroic figure who needs to be lifted up why can't your person in charge of the whole thing fit that bill
0: <laughs> exactly i'm missing something we got to go to break i got to talk to you about schools it's the other thing that's kind of sitting in my crawl today we'll talk about it after this i've got him representative walter hudson Talk amongst friends. The Al Travis Show. Nothing but talk. We like having him on the program for sure. He is Representative Walter Hudson. And, uh, sir, I do follow you on the X thing. You're still muted. Um, And you got yourself into, uh, I thought, a a very interesting conversation yesterday. I was following along. My wife is a second-grade teacher ready to get out of the. I mean, we're on the retirement side of things. A son who's getting into it. And you look at the numbers. You follow it this system collapses. There just aren't good. You're going to have 40, 50 kids in a classroom at some point, And then we're going to say, well, no one learns because there aren't enough teachers. And you got into it. I thought with a brilliant argument, let's let other folks teach. Uh, you know, you can go to the teaching realm like my son did, or I think use you, it. You know, you're a doctor. You've been a doctor your whole life. You want a second career. I'd like to teach young minds of mush and say, I'll be a science teacher, biology teacher it would make sense. That's not what we're going to do in Minnesota, right?
1: No. And this isn't my idea. I didn't come up with it. This, this is an idea that has been offered to me, um, by educators, Okay. Yep. By administrators who do this. I spent time in the STMA school district at the middle, one of the middle schools and the high school last week in their principal for a day program, spent the entire mm. day at the school, talked to administrators, talked to students, talked to teachers. And the number one complaint that I feel from educators when I talk to them is that there aren't enough of them. And it's, it's very similar, by the way, to when I talk to people in the healthcare field, when I talk to people in law enforcement, especially law enforcement, is that it's not just that we don't have enough today. It's that there's not enough in the pipeline. I mean, you just talked about your wife looking at retirement, right? Yeah. Who's going to replace her? Right. And, And. it, it used to be that you had, and it's it's so funny because I it, I literally have had the exact same conversation with both teachers and police officers who mm-hmm. talk to me who who are in the middle or towards the end of their career and talk about what it was like when they started how they yeah. how their competition for the spot was like three hundred deep yeah and now they can't get five people to show up and and the, yeah. out of the five they're lucky if one of them's qualified right yeah that's the situation that we're in and so what I'm suggesting is. You have all of this lived experience, which is so mm-hmm. valuable, right? You have all of this acquired skill and experience out in the community with people who have run businesses and mm-hmm. succeeded in other careers. And over the course of that time, in the, the decades in those careers, they've acquired skills that can mm-hmm. be reacclimated to to the, the job of teaching students in a classroom. So why aren't we providing a pathway to do that?
0: Well, I presume the biggest reason is uh, the teachers' union. But here's here's what folks should be scared into. This is as I think through this problem. Tell me if I'm wrong. We have many teachers in every school that don't teach, if you will, the basics: reading, writing, math, and sciences. The gym teachers, the art teachers, the music teachers—they've all got teaching degrees. This is what's going to happen if we don't fix this problem and let others in. And this maybe will scare them enough to let you do it. Is that? People are going to say, my kid's got to learn to read, write, and do math. Yeah. I'll, I'll get a teach somebody to teach my kid the the oboe. Don't worry about that. And that teacher's going to be moved. That's a specialty. You got to, that, you're going to be, you learned how to teach, you're going to teach math. And these specialty items are going to go away because there's just so many teachers to go around. That's what I think is going to happen. And I think when it starts happening, people are going to yell and scream. They're going to say, we got to find another way. I want my kid to play, you know, get rid of the gym. I mean, I, I don't know how much in your life you've used your dodgeball skills. Maybe a yard. I don't know. Not I'm in politics, it. so. Oh, Okay, see, that was wrong. I'm in radio. I sit alone all day. I don't use my dodgeball skills at all. But we had a good few weeks of learning how to play. That stuff's going to change if we don't watch what we're doing. And I know my wife would be mad hearing me say that, but that's what's going to happen because that's the alternative, right? If you don't get any more teachers in than ones we have, we have to move around the the place to get the job done. So
1: the the argument that I have encountered from a lot of teachers and people who regard themselves as allies of teachers um, has been, well, we can't do that because you would be, quote unquote, lowering the standard for what a teacher needs to be and how they need to be able to operate and what they need to know if you were to allow people later in life um, to kind of transition or supplement their existing mm-hmm. income by coming into the classroom, and I reject that argument on a couple of fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, one one is that that argument presumes that the existing standard is merited, and I would call that <laughs> into question. Okay, all right, um, fair enough. For 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 a wide variety of reasons, both in terms of the outcomes we're seeing from our public education system, and also the economic protectionism and the politics that's baked into the cake of how the teachers union does business. I am not going to allow anyone to pretend that education Minnesota is not a cartel that exists for its own sake, and that makes its decisions and sets its priorities for the purpose of perpetuating its own existence. That's what they are. That is beyond argument okay um so what we need to do is we need to have a conversation that acknowledges that fact rather than trying to tiptoe around it um so th- those standards are uh, in my view largely abused in order to box people out in order to funnel them through their preferred uh, institutional process so that they can maintain control over the education sure. system and we've seen the results but the other reason why i reject that argument Is because, you know, it's kind of like arguing that we ought to under the law uh, prohibit the use of spare tires Um, that if you get a flat on the side of the road, the only appropriate response to that is to have somebody who's trained and certified come out and put a brand new full size tire on your vehicle before you can proceed. No. We recognize that in emergent, urgent circumstances, you need a temporary solution that gets the job done until you can fix the underlying problem. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that analysis. I'm not saying replace the, the, the current system with a bunch of folks who we recruited off the street to come in and teach that day. That's how it's being portrayed by a lot of these folks, because that's how they have to portray it in order to argue against it. The reality of what I'm arguing for is that we need to have a mechanism for meeting today's need, the urgent need for more teachers in the classroom right now. And then when you have that stopgap then you can go and address some of these larger systemic reasons why there are so few people who are interested in this job.
0: This is why I love having you on the program, sir. I'm completely running out of time. and running into a hard break. Maybe if they said, if we do that with outside folks coming in, they have to join the union. Maybe the union wouldn't argue so much anymore. We got to go. I'm running out of time. I thank you for being here. Always a pleasure, sir. We'll get you back again next week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you. Representative Walter Hudson on the Al Travis show.